Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. And today we have Mr. Chris Silva. Man, thank you for, for stopping by and showing up today, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, we've been hanging out all day, actually, guys. <laughs> uh, for, for those of you that are watching uh, this episode, uh, Chris actually uh, has been watching our podcast and listening to it for a while. And he messaged me and said, hey, man, I'd like to connect. We're in the same city. And I said, sure, come on by. Yes. And and then I said, and he said, hey, and I did some deals last year. All right, we got to do a podcast. Because <laughs> my podcast is, or our podcast is about who you are. It's not so much about how many deals you've done, whether you right. do a million or two or or a, or a thousand. I don't care, right? Um, I, I just want to make sure the audience connects with someone they can relate to. Right. You're very relatable for many reasons. Right. Um. Well, I'm not going to say who you are, but I will let you <laughs> tell me your story. And so tell me, man, where do, you, where do you come from? Tell me your background from when you were a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I came came out the mud, you know, like a lot of, lot of other people, um, originally from Corpus Christi down south. And you've heard me say it already, yeah. but, you know, we, we brought the world Whataburger and Selena. And Selena, right? <laughs> yeah, Selena is beautiful. What's beautiful? R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, uh, we, you know, um, um, regular dude, you know, from the wrong side of town. What side of town? Is that Leopard Street or what? Uh, yep. Miller High School yeah. is right yeah, on Leopard exactly Street. Roy Miller High School. Shout out to everybody out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, you know, wrong side of town, uh, wrong crowd, all of that, you know, but Hey, everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, I was uh, blessed enough to have just enough brains, <laughs> right. uh, you know, and uh, ended up going to college locally, got my bachelor's in finance. Where do you go? A&M uh, Corpus. A&M, okay. Yeah, A&M Corpus. It's grown a lot since I've been there. You know, uh, I graduated there in 2010. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so you weren't going to college in... You were graduating high school in 2005? Six. Six. Yeah, okay. 2006. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Graduated 2010, my uh, my wife now, then girlfriend, um, got accepted to UTMB. So uh, she said, hey, I'm, I'm going, you know, you coming or not. And uh, after, um, during my last couple years of undergrad and, and kind of afterwards, I was just DJing for, you know, for, for money, basically. So I was like, ah, I'm not doing anything here. So Let's go check it out, you know. Right. I and and you know, I don't know if it's that small town mindset, but in my mind, I was like, man, we're gonna end up back in Corpus, you know. We're gonna go away, we're gonna do our little thing, and then we're gonna come back, you know. Right. Um, so we stayed on the island for about three or four years, um, and you know how it goes—you get rooted, you know. Uh, uh, my wife graduated. Um, I ended up going back to get or going to UH uh, Clear Lake um, to get my uh, master's in accounting. Um, once I did that, um, man, have you ever met Kirk and Lee? Mm -mm. Who's that? They're both accountants. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might introduce you to them. Man, I mean, Hey, I was a certified bean counter, but I always kind of knew in the back of my mind that it wasn't for me. Um, they're both wholesalers. There you go. They, 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 they well, I, I would say they're investors because they do, they take properties down. Right. They hotel. Right. Um, they flip, they yeah. got rentals, um, right, right, they right. have a wholesaling operation, yeah. but they're both accountants and they, they, 
they met together. It's crazy. Like, yeah. It's crazy. No, I mean, I think you, you just got to listen to that vibration that's coming out of you, you know? Right. Um, I just kind of always knew, as a matter of fact, that my corporate job, oh, so I got my master's in accounting, then I got my CPA license. I was doing corporate America. Um, but I knew it wasn't for me because it was funny. It was like in in high in elementary where you had a seating arrangement. Right. And I was always that kid that, um, you know, hey, you're talking too much. We're going to move the seating arrangement. Well, in, in my corporate job, they would literally be like, y'all are gathering around uh, CJ over here too much. We're going to, you know, we're going to move this seating arrangement. It happened like three times. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, hey, man, they're coming over here. I'm not doing nothing, you know. So, um, but no, so I just kind of always knew I'm, I can't be in no cubicle. You know, I just wasn't right. meant to be in a cubicle. I didn't know what it was going to be, you know, but um, uh, I ended up... Uh, Quitting, um, my wife and I, she was pregnant. Um, I think my son was three months old when I quit, when I quit my corporate job. Wow. Um, you know, and my, my That's wife, a big risk. no, I know, I know, I know it was, uh, she thought I was crazy, you know? Um, but you know, I just kind of had that come to Jesus talk with her and I just told her, and I'll never forget this. I always remember saying, look, cause I'm a big family guy, you know, like that's my God and family is like my number one priority. Right. Um, but I told her, I said, look, you know, I'm leaving at five o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning, whatever. You know, y'all are asleep. You know, I get whipped all day at work. I come home unhappy at eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, sometimes ten o'clock at night. Y'all are asleep. You know, yeah. like if you project this out, this ain't going nowhere. And she's working too, right? <laughs> and she's what she was working too. Yeah. So it was it was just I just said the arrow is just not pointing where I wanted to point, you know. So I remember when, 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 um, right before I quit, you know, I told her I said, if if I can gain three, four, five extra hours with y'all every day, and I make less money doing whatever, I win, you know. And um, and I, I stay true to that to this day, you know. I, I would never regret that decision, even if I did only make. $35,000 a year or whatever, right. you know, because to me, that's the one thing, no matter how rich or how poor you are, you can't buy time. You can't. No. You can't buy time. You they know? don't make so. any more of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. time is, is <laughs> I guess, the God is making it every day, but that doesn't guarantee that we're going to get to live it. Right? Correct. Correct. So, um, so, all right. So, when did you quit your job? Like, how long ago? That was um, early 2017. 17. So, you've been in the game now for almost six years. Man, when you say it like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four, five, five, six years, yeah. Right, and uh, how do you stumble into wholesaling and real estate investing? Like, what? How do so, you find out about it? So, my my younger brother Tony, shout out my brother Tony. Um, you know, he had actually brought up the idea, and I thought he was kind of crazy for it. Um, but you know, I started digging into it more, and I actually my first deal was while I was still uh, employed. But man, I was a bad employee at this point, you know, like I just didn't You showed care. up whenever, yeah. you didn't shave. And even when I was at work, my mind was on Somewhere on else. wholesaling, right. you know, on on like this idea of wholesaling. Threw out some yellow letters. Um I remember the guy, he was in Texas City, so you know, I live like in the Clear Lake Friendswood yeah, area, far so from <laughs> so um Texas City rolled up, you know, ended up getting getting the deal signed, not knowing what I was doing. Um, but just talking with the guy, you know, and that's why I always tell all my guys now, like, look, we do a lot of training. We do weekly trainings. We dissect scripts and we say at the end of the day, you're just having a conversation yep. with somebody. That's it. You know, like don't overcomplicate it, you know. Right. So just having a good conversation with the guy that was going into foreclosure, got it done. 
And actually, when my son, when my wife and I were in the hospital, you know, we're about to have my, my, my son, um, I was actually drawing up the assignment contract wow. <laughs> on my laptop. And I made $1,500 on it, you know, but that might as well have been $1.5 million. Yeah, yeah, me. that gave you validation that oh, it worked. Man, and the then proof you're of thinking, concept. what if I can do this 10 times or 20 times? Look, at $1,500, so I started in 2008. That was the assignment back then. Oh, yeah. There was none of these 10,000, 20,000. Yeah, before 2008, there were 10 and 15s and 20s. But there weren't many 40s and 50s and 60s. Those came way... With the hot market? Well, it, it came once wholesalers started getting more sophisticated. Get, getting better. Yeah, because I remember back then uh before 2008 and and i don't remember before 2008 because i didn't i was not in the business mm -hmm. but it's what my friends tell me that were prior 2008 in the business they would cherry pick the houses oh that's not a 70 percent minus repair house i pass bye <laughs> yeah oh that's not a you know whatever i pass so they passed on a lot of deals that today none of us would right right we'll probably fight over those deals you probably buy it now and hotel it again. There's many different <laughs> ways to skin that cat, right? So, but when I got in 2008, the market was so banged up mm -hmm. that I, w I started buying from wholesalers. And the biggest assignment I paid to a wholesaler was nine grand. But the average assignment was 3,500. My goodness. Average. And 1,500s were normal, uh, 3,000 was average. So at the time, if, if somebody had asked you or brought a deal to you and the end number made sense for you, but they were making 35. I would have bought it regardless. I would have just been surprised to pay that much. Okay. Because I never pay that much. Because yeah. uh, some buyers get, even today, some buyers get offended. Look, no, I don't. I, no, I never did. I, I just wonder, like, how the hell did he do that? Because <laughs> there was this guy, his name is Jeremy Moritz. Shout out to Jeremy. He was one of the OGs here in Houston. Okay. This dude was good. And actually, I hear stories about him. I don't know where he's at today, honestly. I don't even know. Like, I lost track of him. I, I bumped into him a couple of years ago. But he, I hear stories from guys that were investing back then that where Jeremy showed up, everybody was like, ah, oh, he showed up. We're done. <laughs> he's going to get the deal. That's how good he was. Right, so I bought my first deal ever from him, and I remember going to the closing table. And this is a house I paid thirteen thousand dollars for. God. He made twelve. Oh my gosh, he got a thousand dollar house! Wow. And I said, "How the hell did he do this?" And I thought I was getting a steal. <laughs> and by the way, I hustled him down from fifteen to thirteen. <laughs> So he talked, he he chopped yeah. off two grand. Yeah. He assigned it to me. I bought it. There's a whole long story on the house that I've talked about in different other podcasts. But that was the first time I saw an assignment. I said, nine grand, man. What is this? So then I went and bought more from him and a couple of other guys that were in town. And but it wasn't nine grand, it was thirty grand, uh, three grand, thirty five hundred, fifteen hundred, you know. And so what that was the normal. So if I saw five, that was too much. Yeah. But he hit a slam dunk on that one. Yeah. Um, and then I asked him one day, I said, dude, how is it that you do that? And I was like, well, power negotiation, creating rapport. Um, he was ahead of the game. He was ahead of the game. 
Now, he did all bandit signs, not a lot of systems at the time. Mm. They had like a call rail system type that they would answer the calls and all that, but there was none of what we have today. Yeah. Today we have machines that oh, pump out deals. It's crazy now. Back then, that was not the case. Yeah. And the other guys that I knew were doing a lot of deals in town were uh, Eddie Gant with Jet Lending. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Eddie and Jet, um, who I bought houses from because they they were my, my, my go-to hard money lender at the time. They will sell me the deal with the money in place, but I would see what they make on assignments, and that's when the market started kind of like picking back up somewhere around 2012. Now the assignments were back up to like 12,000, 15,000, 20,000. And I was still getting a good deal. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, how is it that these guys are making 20 Gs? I'm on the wrong side of the stick here. Yeah, because I'm going to flip this house and make 20, 30. And I, and I started hating wholesalers because it got to the point in 2014 that I, I saw these assignments so large, but there was not enough meat on the bone for me. Mm-hmm. That's when I said, man, I got to go do this on my own. I got to go get my own deals. Direct to seller. I got to go direct to seller because I can't afford to pay these guys anymore. Right. And, you know, long story short, that's how I got into lead generation. But um, Was that a necessity? It was out of necessity. And but going back to you, how do you find out about it? Like, did you see a podcast? Did you watch a TV show? What, Like, how do you come across wholesaling well so like you know again my brother tony had talked about it and then from there you know you do a google search and i think at the time you know one of the biggest platforms was bigger pockets um so you start diving into that i was all over bigger pockets yeah 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 so that's how i found out about yellow letters i think that was that was where i found out about yellow letters too (laughs) but but so yeah so i remember being in the hospital uh doing a fifteen hundred dollar assignment contract and we got it to title. It closed. I got my little $1,500 check. And I, so I actually, I, I did two deals before I quit. Um, the second one, by this point, like I said, I'm the worst employee there because I just, I'm, I'm not doing any uh, financial accounting related work anymore, right? I'm just, you know, all right, here's my leads. All right, let me do, you know, doing my little envelopes at my desk, you know, while the manager's gone or whatever. My second one was a, a deal in Katy. I don't remember all the numbers, but I, I remember I sold it to, um, uh, I think it was a was a New Western or Network, okay. or one of those guys. Um, and I never saw the house, and, and like I just stumbled across, across this. I talked to the people, you know, I was pretty good on building rapport. I sent them the contract, signed it. I don't know how I got into you know connection with these buyers or whatever. And then I found out, you know, they were like, hey, send me the, the assignment. And, you know, I had the 10000 He's like, yeah, cool, whatever. And I was just like, oh, man, okay. And then I found out that he sold it again, and I'm just like, wait a minute. I got paid, and, you know, I got my little check, my $10,000 check. And, and it, I was just like, like, I've never seen this house. <laughs> and it just blew my mind. Like, at that point, like, I was just all in, right? I just couldn't function at work anymore like <laughs> it was a shame to be at work because well, they weren't getting no no work out of me well, no so more. check this out right to touch on the same p- subject of not seeing the houses you've been here all afternoon right mm-hmm. i think we assigned three properties today were they here no have i seen them nope they're all over the place yep and they're all in different areas yep one is in kingsville the other one is in uh new brownsville the other one is in um 
Some uh, small. Uh, Kingsville, Odessa, 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 Texas, right? Yep. Never seen them. Yep. And and we've done deals in Pocono, Pennsylvania. Have I never been there? It's the power of, and I think I was telling you about it, limiting beliefs. Yep. You know when, and I, I think I had those limiting beliefs. Yeah. By the way, yeah, because I was the belly to belly guy. Yep. Oh, I gotta go to the property and lock it up and create a report and because of the NLP training that I had in the past and all of these things. And boy, I was doing myself a disservice like you have no idea. <laughs> well, and I think too, that's the advantage of, you know, being, you know, we always say average of the five people and stuff yeah. like that, being in good masterminds and having good mentors, yeah. you know, because when it's just you and you're just walking in the dark, you don't know what's, you know, you don't know what's what, you don't know what's possible, what's not possible. Right. You see a body of water, you don't know if it's this deep or, you know, this, you need somebody telling, hey, step in that little puddle. It's two inches. You're gonna it's be so all right. Good. You're you know? gonna get your feet wet. Right, it. right. You, you, you got boots on. You're all right. <laughs> you know. So yeah. So after that, I was I was done. You know. And then it just coincided. You know. Again, my my son was being born. And you know, man, you just get that like I gotta provide for my my family type of you know vibe inside of you and stuff. And so um, you know, quit my job and uh, so you quit in 2017. 2017. Right? Okay. Yeah, I quit my job in 2017, and I don't know why, but I decided that I was gonna try and do a flip. <laughs> I was, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm I'm a wholesaling expert well, already. <laughs> it's, it's it's because of the progression of the real estate investor, right? Oh yeah. So I, I remember, and I think it was it was the guys from from Jet Lending. Eddie had a like a chart that he did in one of his presentations at one of the events in Houston that I attended many years ago, and he had a progression of the real estate investor. So the first guy was a bird dog, mm -hmm. and he and he's like the, he's like the human, uh, like the like the, the evolution, the monkey becoming the human, yeah, something like that, yeah, right? yeah. So he had the bird, and then it was a bird dog. That's a bird dog. And then you become this other thing. That was the wholesaler. The wholesaler. Then from the wholesaler goes to the flipper. And then from the flipper goes to the landlord. The buy and hold. And from the landlord goes to multifamily. Multi and then from multifamily goes to something else until you become a lender. Mm. Right? So that's kind of like the, the whole progression of what a real estate investor looks like. Right. Um, even I, I recently saw, you know who Rob Swanson is? Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Rob Swanson with uh, Freedom Soft. Rob Swanson put something on Facebook the other day, uh, and I know him personally. So he, he said something like, finally, I understand why the progression of the real estate investor is to finally be a lender because I just became one Ooh. after so many years. And he went through that whole progression as well, even though he owns like, um, um, you know, software companies right. and CRMs and things like that. Now he's lending money out. So it, it's, it's, I guess it's true, you know, right. that that's just the way it is. So for you, doing a wholesale a couple of wholesale deals, the next bug that gets you is like, I gotta go flip a house. Now. Yep. Yep. Because now you're feeling like you can handle more. Yeah. Now you can handle contractors, you can handle a lender, you can handle But you can scale too fast too, which which happened to me. Yeah. You know, I mean that that act I mean I I could we could talk about that too, but on the on the flip, you know, uh it was a house down in Freeport. I don't know why I picked Freeport, you know, I just saw a $30,000 little house. I'm like, yeah, I can do that or whatever. So bought it, started fixing it up. And, um, I ended up losing probably like $15,000 on it. On and keep in mind, like when I quit my job, I cashed out my pension, my, 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 my 401k. 401k. And, um, 
you know, that was, hey, you know, this needs to last. You know, I got to do this. I got to do that. But that 15 grand came out of that. So you got to think, you know, I got like a, a baby. My wife is, you know, like, hey, listen, was, I, I believe in you, but, you know, we need to pay the bills here. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that was a setback. For sure. Yeah. And, For sure. But it's scary at the time, right? You know, like when, when again, I didn't have a lot of uh, mentors at that time. Right. I'm just kind of bulldozing my way by myself. And that's why I'm so big on, you know, connecting with the right people now. That's why, look, I did it like that for years. I just I just made all the mistakes. Uh, and when Dennis and I were going through the post Harvey, mm-hmm. um, the whole dilemma of the post Harvey thing. We didn't have anybody to go to because we we had isolated ourselves. Right. We were so busy. Chasing contractors yep. and deals and this and that and raising money for ourselves that we never networked. Yeah. We, di- we didn't do it. I didn't know anybody in the city other than certain people. Right. Select few. Select few. And then I would, like, one of the things is, like, I would think about it and, and me and him will talk about this and we'll say, so who do we turn to right now t- for advice? We didn't, we didn't have anybody. We didn't have a good Go support to. system. Yep. Because we were the guys people were, were turning to for advice on how to grow a flipping business. You follow me? Right. But nobody, I, I didn't know anybody that got caught up in the middle of that many flips. Right. And uh, I wish I would have been on masterminds at the time because I'm pretty sure those guys at that moment would have told me, this is what you need to do. Boom, 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 boom. I've been there before. Right. Because now that I'm around and I'm investing a lot of money on networking and going around the country meeting right. people. Right. I have found many guys like me that went through the same thing. Not right. Harvey, yeah, but there was some sort Something of similar fall down that happened when they were got, they got cut up with forty rehabs, fifty rehabs on their hands. Yep. One of them was actually Brad Mortensen, who was on this mm-hmm. podcast not long ago. Yep. Same story, and and the craziest thing is, me and him were me and him were going at it at the same time. Parallel. Just, just didn't know each other. Didn't know each other. And I, when he was sitting in your chair, I was like, are you freaking kidding me, man? <laughs> I, you went through the whole time. Yeah, I was going through it in 2017 and 18. We had scaled up this. And, and then after the podcast, I said, man, you and I have a similar path. We just didn't know each other. And even we met at, in the in the Investor Lift Cartel uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, group. So we even became parts of that kind of like at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy how yeah. many people are going through the same journey. We just don't know each other. Yeah. No, yeah. And I think that's the power of just knowing people. I mean, you even said people were knocking on your door trying to figure out, you know, how, you know, you were doing your business. That's how this whole podcast started. <laughs> oh, yeah, I meant to I meant to ask yeah, you that. That's <laughs> how this podcast started because Dennis suggested that we direct them somewhere else because they were taking too much of our time. People were cold, cold knocking on your door. Yeah, they were knocking on the door, <laughs> literally. I mean, we, in a way, at the time, we arguably, because I don't know, I'm pretty sure there are other guys that were big at the time, uh, flipping. We probably were the biggest flipping operation there was out there. That's a lot of that's a lot of rehabs going on at no, once. And, and we had our mailing company, we had our lead generation company, we had the same as cash locking up the deals, right? So we were in a way fully integrated. Which is something that our lenders liked mm-hmm. because they they that's why we attracted so much money easily. 
is because we employ so many people that they felt that their money was being put to work for a good cause, which was creating employment. They got to know our guys in the crews. Got you. You know, like I remember one of those guys had a problem in their house, and I said, no big deal. I just call my guys. They'll go to your house and fix it. And so we had a relationship like that with our lenders. You just charge them 15%. We're, nothing. No, I'm, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, no, sometimes nothing. Or why just tell them, hey, pay them something. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, just take care of them. They're yeah. doing it on the day off or maybe after work or whatever, right? So I remember one of them specifically will will say, Ricardo, one of the reasons I, I give you all, all most of our money is because we know you're putting it to work and, and it's a lot of people being employed from it and you're not greedy. Like, these guys are happy working with you. Now, we weren't counting on a Harvey and FEMA and everybody else and their mama going to pay a 1000 bucks a day to somebody that right. would make $200 a day. Right. I, I couldn't compete with that. And, and, you know, next thing you know, everybody's gone and now you're you're going the other Right. The opposite direction. But if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you right now yeah. because we were isolated. Yep. Um, even though we started our podcast and 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 we started kind of like getting to know ourselves known out there, um, it was right after Harvey. Um, we were still very much in our own world. Right. You know? And especially with, because I mean, I, you know, I do some flips too and, I can just see, you know, how much energy that I have to spend sometimes on these flips. You multiply that times 47. I mean, it's hard to get away from that. Let me put it to you this way. In 2016, I put only on that year 50,000 miles on a Mercedes-Benz I had. In one year? And 80,000 on my truck. Oh, that's so 130,000 miles in one year. That's what I'm saying. I, it's very easy to get caught up in your own bubble. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, you, we, you and I talked earlier, too. Like, you know, in 2021, <laughs> I joked about it, but you know, I got a real boring life, right? <laughs> you know, I, I'm the guy with, you know, two kids. I got a baby on the way, wife, you know, work, you know, try to do some gym or something. Kids come home, help with the home. I'm done, you know. But I, I realized in 2021, like, again, it can get real easy to get caught up in your own bubble. I'm focused on my own deals. I'm focused on my own flips. I'm focused on my family, and that's it. But for growth, you need to introduce new things. Always. Always. So there, there is a saying in network marketing. Have you ever done network marketing? Mm -mm. Like an MLM or something nah, like that? Nah. All right, I've done them, okay? <laughs> and I love network marketing, by the way. Um, there's a saying that says in, in network marketing, new people cure all problems. Always. Mm. And the only way you introduce new people to your life is by networking. By networking. And by going out there and, and getting to know people, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. like you did with me, reaching out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, going to networking events, going to the, the seminar. Yeah. Dude, I paid for seminar. Like, I just went to to a seminar two weeks ago where I went with David, by the way, uh, and Corey and a couple of other friends. We sat on a table, and and we were all together, which was a freaking mistake anyways because we should have separated. Yeah, right? yeah. But we're all hanging out yeah, together, yeah, right? Because yeah. um, we, we wanted to be with each other and all that. But I went on the table, and I said, hey, Corey, how many deals you got on the contract? He goes... 
40 deals right now. And I said, what's your average assignment? He goes, whatever. So I wrote that down. David, how many you got on the contract? I got 30 plus. Okay, how many on, on uh, what is your average assignment? And I wrote that down. And then I went to the next guy, and, and we were all kind of like in the same playing field. There were only three guys that were like, what? Where are we sitting right now? <laughs> and then I go, and I got X amount of contracts, and and it came down to where we had an assignments on that table, more than $3.5 million to collect. Was it $3.5 million? I forgot. It was a lot of money. Uh, and and But it, collectively, we had somewhere around, yeah, it was 300 deals. Collectively on the But it table. sounds like all of y'all were like kind of in the same range of each other. Yes, right? David, Corey, and myself. Right. And Clark. Clark was the other guy. He's also a cartel member. He was he's also got a lot of deals. So Clark had X amount of deals. Corey had X amount of deals. David had X amount of deals. I had X amount of deals. And I'm missing somebody. Um well Sonia was there, but she works with Corey. And then there were there was one guy from the Bay Area. That's larger deals, and but yeah, we were all within the same range, yeah. and um, and that goes back to you know you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most, hundred percent, a thousand percent. I mean it's 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 not a coincidence that you know when I was entry level corporate America and I was hanging around a bunch of fifty thousand dollar a year people, I was making fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's exactly right. What it's not a coincidence that. When I first started wholesaling and, you know, cracking $100,000 a year or whatever, one hundred fifty, that the people I was hanging around with were making $100,000, $150,000 a yeah. year. It's not coincidence. No. It's, it's a law. <laughs> it is a law. And, you know, and to go back to what you're saying, one day I'm with Nick Perry, who you know, right? Shout out, Nick. Shout out to Nick. Um, and... Um, he said, Ricardo, I don't know why you're still freaking going to houses. And I was like, what do you mean, dude? Dude, you got to go nationwide. And I was like, Nick, I just don't know, man. I, I just don't know how you do all these deals in Alaska and shit. You know, like, mm-hmm. you're doing stuff that I'm like, I'm amazed by it. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Simple. Get pictures on the phone. DocuSign everything. And everything you're doing on a belly-to-belly appointment, you're going to do it over the phone. And I said, well, I've locked up deals over the phone locally, but, you know, but I still go see the property. I got to do this rehab thing. Right. And he's the one that kind of, like, showed me, said, look, he didn't he show me. He said the me. water's not deep. Yeah, he didn't show me step by step. Right. But he planted that seed, that, that bug in me, saying, dude, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And it, wouldn't, it wasn't even three months before I started you know, all right, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. Right. I'm going to go start marketing in Tennessee and Louisiana and all these other places. Or maybe I just go to San Antonio, you know. Because at that time, I was just here. Yeah. Houston. Um, and now that I went out there, now it's like, Houston, why would I do that to myself? <laughs> That's what you said earlier. Yeah, you said, I'm, I'm, you're crazy for being in Houston. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you're not crazy because you only know what you know. Right. Right. Uh, if you knew, if you knew what I knew, then you'd be like, okay, I get it. I understand why I need to go somewhere else. Right. 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 But maybe you just don't know the the, the process. That's that puddle example again. You know, right. I'm looking at it like you know, it's a ten foot drop if I step in that water. You know, and you're you're like, hey, CJ, it's, it's just it's just as much. Oh, you're, good. <laughs> you're good. So, um, okay, so let's go back to you, yep. man. So 
So you do. Oh, so I lost out on the flip. You lost out on the flip. Yeah. So that hurt. <laughs> that really hurt. I know. <laughs> I know how much it can hurt. I know times 47. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I lost out on that. Um, kind of had to get focused again. Um, really bear down and, and, and really say, no, I need to make this happen. You know, so um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want this to sound like, you know, your, your bad experience was a, a blessing for me. But, you know, the Harvey thing was, I mean, it just created inventory everywhere. Oh, no, for a lot of people, that was a blessing. I mean, that was kind of the, the launching point almost for, for me. And, I mean, I, I had, had my feet wet already, so it wasn't totally new, but the speed of it was new, you know. And, and you could tell who was seasoned at that time because they weren't phased by it. You know, um, one of my uh, mentors, Lance Wakefield, um, shout out Lance, um, I learned how to close from him, A1 closer, that guy. Um, but he came down from Dallas and locked up 100 deals. Wow. You know? I mean, he was just like, no. I, he took a, a helicopter around the city, made note of all the areas that were flooded, and just door knocked with, like, 30 people, you know? I mean, it was just crazy what he did. Now, I didn't, I, now, I mean, I didn't know how to do that at the time, but it was just speed was not, phasing certain people well, and was, I was attracted to that he was ready for it he was ready for it that's the difference you were not I and, wasn't and a lot of people were not either uh, like in our case because we rely heavily on mailers and that's all we knew we went and mailed but we had so much competition on it that every time we got to a house we were out beating you know, or were we getting outbeat by other people that were from out of town basically also yep probably Lance probably, <laughs> he might have been one of them right um, so one thing is I, I went back and I told Dennis at the time, I said, dude, we got to do something different because yeah, we're getting houses, but we're not getting the amount of houses we should be getting. Right. And we realized hedge funds were coming into town. Uh, wholesalers from all over the country were coming to the town. They were call calling, they were texting, they were mailing. Houston became ground zero Yeah. and everybody and their mama had their eyes on it. Yeah. So guess what we did? You dipped. We left Houston. <laughs> we went to Tampa, Florida. We what, found wasn't there a hurricane that hit right after Harvey in Florida? No, I, it did, but it didn't do. Like, it didn't affect. Nothing. It didn't look like damage. Because the problem with Houston is we get flooded. Yeah, and we're screwed. Yeah. I mean, today we're negotiating lots in Corpus or Ingleside that were wiped out by Harvey. You follow me? Rockport and all that. So the, really the real damage from Harvey was down there, hurricane-wise. Right. Flooding-wise, it happened here. Right. It was all the rain, and, and it just and it, wouldn't move. No, no, it was a man-made flood. The bowl. The, 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 the rain flooded the, the dam, mm -hmm. and they had to open it up. Otherwise, it would, could have collapsed yeah. and be washed. Be worse. And they, that's how we got 300,000 uh, 300, homes flooded. Right. Right. But that wasn't a hurricane damage. That was a man-made damage, right. if you will. Corpus, Rockport, all those areas, that was hurricane damage, yep. right? So um, in Florida, that didn't happen because the houses in Florida are made out of brick now. Mm. So they're, they're literally center blocks. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. You don't do a Terminator going through the wall thing in Florida anymore. 
You're going to hit a center <laughs> block wall. There ain't no such thing as wood and There used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not anymore. They changed that in 1992 after Hurricane, um, I forgot, Andrew. Okay. That was a Category 5 hurricane, and he just wiped out Kendall, and right. it was horrible. And it was because all the houses were made out of sticks. Then they said, how? Huh, we got to change the code. Now it's going to be center blocks. So most of the new newer buildings nowadays are center blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tampa, Florida, is still very similar to Houston. You still got houses made out of sticks. Actually, you go to the Heights and you go to Tampa, it's the same. <laughs> same house, the same 1950s wood, the same type of siding. It's probably got the asbestos siding. It, <laughs> it's the same freaking thing. They're yeah. a sister city. They're, they're to the point to where they look like, like twins. Is that why you picked Tampa, or why, yes. why did you pick Tampa? Because it looked like a twin city to Houston. Uh, okay. ARVs were the same. Price per square footage was the same. So a house here at the time was a hundred grand, a hundred thousand, dollars a square foot. The same thing was in Tampa. So for me to calculate ARVs, that was simple. Yeah. It was easy. To calculate a rehab, that was easy because it was the same construction, right? So. And price point was the same. Mm-hmm. That's another one. The prices were kind of like the same, the ex- same exact thing. Unless you went to a hot area, and you know right, that right, hot right, area right, now right. is more, you know, you go here to Memorial or something yeah. like that, you're looking at 200 to 250 bucks a square foot. So that's where we picked Tampa. So we will mail letters to Tampa, and I will time them and get on a flight the day before. So when the phone starts ringing, I'll be going on appointments right away. So that's a, that's that was our first run at a hybrid virtual operation because it was hybrid. It wasn't like I was still showing up on appointments, mm-hmm. but it was in a different city, and I was going there, flying, traveling. But I would go there, lock up two, three deals, and to me that was good because, I mean, that's thirty, forty, fifty grand. Yeah. Um, and then, but then I would go do the same here in Houston and right. other areas, and. And until one day I just flipped the switch and said, okay, I'm not traveling anymore. I don't need to go to Tampa. I can do this over the phone. Yeah. And it's because Nick Perry kind of like opened it up to me. Yeah. So, all right. So you flipped that house. You lost some money. Harvey happened. Harvey happened. Then you got back on track on wholesaling yep. uh, or locking up deals. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 2017. So how did 2018 kind of like? Yeah. Uh, um you know, again, 2017 was it August, I think, was Harvey. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you only had three, four months, you know, left in the year. Um, so, in 2018, I think I ended up doing maybe like 20 deals in 2018. That's about two a month. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, you know, I think I made around 350 the IRS is yeah. listening. I, I went broke. No, that, 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 yeah, the average assignment on those deals was higher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so then 2019, I think, I, you know, I had an even better year. Uh, I want to say about 450 or five or so. Right. Uh, 2020, uh, graduated, I think it was six to seven. Um, and then last year. Again, if the IRS is listening, I didn't make no money. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know, crack that, crack the milli, you know, and um, and uh, here we are in 2022. And and you know, so I think it is important to say, Ricardo, you know, I, I kind of said it off off air earlier, but you know, 
I'm, you know, I'm not the guy that's going to try and come on and try and flex and try and be like I'm I'm a, a 10 at every – I'm a regular dude, you know. I mean, yeah, I'm good at closing, but, you know, I got a lot to learn, right? And and we that's all, me just being humble no, about we all, it. We know? all do, man. We all do. So No, I, and, and, and I just, you know, again, I, I just – for everybody that's thinking about starting or, you know, whatever – do not, I mean, pick the right mentor, but um, don't underestimate mentorships. You know, I mean, you're in mentorships, you're Dude, in masterminds. And every time, I'm every in, chance you know, I can, I'm, I'm paying for it there you because go. Uh, that's that's the elevator. Yep. Do I want to take the stairs or the elevator? I'm yeah. taking the elevator every single time. Exactly. You know, and and to me, uh, I used to see mentorship before, uh, different before, like. I saw companies that were selling mentorships for fifty thousand dollars. And I was like, man, how dare they do that? Like, they're just after people's money and all that. But in reality, they were, they're saving a lot of people a lot of money. The right ones. The right ones. Yeah, there's yeah, the wrong ones yeah, out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, when I pay for mentorship, it has to be something I need and that I'm, I'm consciously looking for. Hmm. Um, like, right now, I'm on a mentorship that I'm paying. Uh, but it's more f- health and right. physical and... And I meet with my trainer every week, once a week, and he gives me a whole routine, and yep. he gives me a diet thing, and you yep. know, and then when I don't do it, like today when we went into eat sushi, and you're like, can you get some more? I was like, ah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, like I'm trying I saw to you st- got the sashimi, yeah, you know. And I'm trying to stay within some 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 guidelines, right? I got you, I got you. Um, Because he's going to put me on the spot. Right. And you're like, dude, what's up? Right. Like, right. you weren't supposed to have that Coke or... right. Or or eat the freaking hamburger or the pizza three times that week, you know, right, like right. Yeah, I get it. You did it once, but you know, yeah, it becomes Habits. a habit. It's a habit, right? So, you know, same thing happens in our industry, right? And and for many years, I turned down mentorship. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm doing them. Yeah, I'm mentoring people at all different levels. I'm I'm mentoring a lady right now. She's as new as he can get. Um. And then I'm mentoring guys that have done a lot of deals, right? right? But they, they're looking for something different. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, how can I systemize my business or how can I build a strong foundation? See, and that's, and that's it, Ricardo. Like, you know, systems, you said it right there. And I know we talked about it earlier, but I always used to make the excuse of I'm not a systems guy, right? And well, we always we, – so our brain is built for rationalizing mm-hmm. and and for – looking for excuses on why we don't do something. Right. It's safety. It's safety. It is there to protect you, but it can go overboard. No, it, no, it actually ends up not protecting Hurting you. you. Hurting yeah. you. Yeah. It's, it does a disservice to you. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, again, you know, hey, I feel, I feel very confident that I'm a great closer, you know, but my systems, I mean, they're adequate, obviously, but, you know, again, I, I would tell my, I'm not a systems guy, right? So you end up kind of, somewhat winging things and and things just aren't ironed out the way they need to be. And, you know, I put this quote out there not too long ago and I told you earlier, but you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Correct. Right. And, and that just for 2022, I was just like, bing, that's what I got to do. You know, systems is my thing. And, and anybody that says I'm not a systems guy or girl, um, 
we are all hab, uh, creatures of habit. We're all creatures of a system. It's just a matter of what your system is because I guarantee you when you go home, you like to sit in that one spot on the couch. You like that one meal with this one thing on it. We all have our systems. When somebody loses 100 pounds, what's the first thing we ask? Hey, you look great. What are you what do doing? You do? What do you do? Right. So we all have systems. It's just a matter of are your systems good or are they not good? Are they helping you? They're not helping you. A hundred percent. So I went to this one event uh, two weeks ago and uh, they talked a lot about systems because it was for scaling. Right. right. And, and I, I, he did something I really liked, which was he defined the, 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 the um, like. What is it that a real estate entrepreneur does in their cycle? Right, so at the beginning, they're hustlers, mm-hmm. right? So you you were hustling, door knocking, yep. going on appointments, putting bandit signs out, <laughs> putting up bandit signs, building your buyers list, going to the buyers and selling your deals, right? So you're in the hustle mode. Then the next one was the manager. Okay, now you graduate from hustler to manager. Now you have a team got a few VAs, maybe you got some some in-house guys, um, and now you delegate. But the business still still needs you, pretty right. much. So you have to be there to keep it fed, right? But then you graduate to CEO. CEO is like hands off. Business runs whether he's there or not. Things happen whether he's there or not. They don't need him that much. He gets involved because he wants to. Um, and he's more on a role, on a advisory role, if if you will, to his teammates. Um, but that really, the guy disappears for three months, and the business continues to run. Right, things happen. Right, and then from CEO, you go to something else. I forgot what it was. I think it was investor or chairman, something like that. And really, right there, you're like you're gone, and yeah, that things runs, but it, like you're yeah. nowhere to be found. Right. Right. So a lot of people, what happens is they get trapped into hustler and manager. Mm-hmm. And they go back and forth. And the reason why they do that is because they don't build systems. You see, I was actually grooming a COO to become a CEO. I had all my systems in place. He couldn't adapt to a couple of them. So unfortunately, he had to go. So I had to get reengaged back in it. And said, all right, I got to take control. So I became a manager. So I went from CEO to be a manager. Right. You got right. demoted, man. I got demoted. <laughs> I did. I demoted myself. <laughs> I, I had to do it. Like, I had no choice, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, man, I got to put on my gloves, <laughs> back, back on, the, on, the, on, the, on the ring. And, but because I had systems in place, and I had a bunch of stuff, like a, a strong foundation on what those systems look like. Right. I was able to make changes quick and adapt. Well, I, I asked you, I said, you know, how much harder has it been since you demoted yourself? And you're like, it hasn't been that hard at all. It's been easier. Because of your systems. Because of the systems. Right? Now, the, the one thing that was in my way was myself. Because I was attached to my friend that was running the CEO position. Right. And I didn't want to see him go. Right. But there was the best thing that I could do for the business itself for the business. was for us to go apart. Right? right. So... Now, he's great doing what he's doing. He still comes to the office. He has an office in the corner. like, But he's not in the business anymore because that's like, guy, you got to go do your thing yourself. Yeah. We're, this is just not working out, right, financially for both of us. Right. 
But the moment I went and removed him and said, okay, now he's not accountable anymore. All right, I got to move here. I got to move there. But that it was a plug and play thing. Right. And now I empower these other people with his responsibilities. Boom, they take off and now everybody's running. Yeah. So investing, I would actually tell people, I used to be the guy wanting to grow fast all the time. Mm-hmm. Like fast, 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 fast. Dennis will get scared with that because Dennis will be like, <coughs> dude, after we went to the tennis conference, my head was like, I got to scale 10X. Uncle G just freaking like <laughs> wash my, my brains, right? And Dennis will be the one holding me back because I always want to take more risks than, than we should um, or grow faster than we needed to or whatever. Or buy a Lambo faster than you needed to. Yeah, so all of those <laughs> things, right? So... Uh, yeah, he was going to buy a Lambo and I was going to buy a Ferrari. <laughs> and the reason why is because we figure he can get on the Lambo club and I can get on the Ferrari club. Two different clubs. <laughs> but guess what we will be doing in those clubs? Networking. Raising private money. Ooh. That was the only reason. It was an investment. Of course it was. I always saw it as an investment. I didn't see it as a, a toy. As a toy. Yeah. I don't need a Ferrari. I don't. Neither do I care for one right now. Like, right, right, right. But at that time, that was important for us because we were in the quest of raising a lot of private money. Right. Because we were scaling this big flipping operation. So if we want to raise money, most likely those guys driving those vehicles got a little bit of money. Right. Broke people are not necessarily <laughs> driving a Ferrari and a Lambo. Right. I mean, some of them are. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Right, right, right. But nine times out of ten, nine people are going to be legit. Um, but long story short, I don't even know where the hell I was going with that. <laughs> uh, you know, the systems in place. Systems. Right. He left. We reorganized. And it took about a week. And in a week, we started seeing the results. Mm-hmm. Did we pay the price for a while? Yes. So now, oh, I know exactly where I was going. So what I was telling now is like, look. If you're starting in 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 a, in a scaling, if you want to scale, you want to double up your revenue, you want to whatever, you want to grow bigger than what you are. Number one, you're going to have to do things different. Mm-hmm. You can't do the things the same way you have been doing it because you have to do different things to uh, to achieve different results. Right. It's that simple. If you keep doing the same thing you're doing, you're going to get the same results. Yep. Um, that's why we always got to adapt to changes. Right, like me with Shane, it was hard for me to let go of Shane. It was a hard conversation for me to have. He's my friend, but we had to do something different. Right. It wasn't just working out anymore. Right, and, and 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 changes are painful. Right, for a lot of people involved, they're painful, and and I mean, for a lot of people, it, it's a it's an anxiety thing almost getting outside your comfort zone. Oh, it's uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. I don't want to call my friend to let him go and let him know that hey, man, I, I I can't work with you anymore. But like you said, you have to do certain things different. I mean, I told you earlier, twenty twenty one has been my best year progressively, but I already knew that if I just stay in my little bubble, that's it. I'm not gonna grow. I'm not gonna yeah, have. You're different gonna stay results. at that level, right? Yep. Uh, and number two and number three. Now that I understand, I've scaled businesses. So I had an eight-figure flipping operation. Um, we did have a $4 million revenue in the same as cash in 2017. I mean, 17 or 16, one of the two, I forgot. But, I mean, we were big. Assignments, I mean, it was there was a lot of money transactional, right? Now, we didn't keep a lot of that money because we were reinvesting back in the business. Mm. 
but a, a lot the other thing is our overhead was a lot higher too right so we we weren't necessarily making it rain we were making money but we weren't making it rain right right um today with less revenues i make more money net yes so i'm not trapped into that thing that i gotta go make 10 20 no 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 look i rather focus on the quality what stays in your pocket that's all that matters and also the quality of the people around me yes energy is a big deal the energy is a big deal for me and you know the quality of people around me now I focus a lot more on core values. I focus a lot more on on how we vibrate and things like that, um, because I'm I'm wiser now, mm-hmm. and and I'm building. Not necessarily slower, although. It is slower than what I've done before. And for you, it might f- for other people, it may feel like, man, that's actually fast. Like you're hiring 10, 20 more people. I say, yeah, I'm doing that right now, but I'm in a position where I can do that. Well, you're also leaning on years of experience and mistakes. Exactly, <laughs> which is something I didn't have before. Right, right. Now, I had growth before, and I had a lot of tenacity, and I had a lot of energy. I, I still have the energy. I still have tenacity. But you got wisdom now. But now I have wisdom, which is something I didn't have in the past. And that's priceless. That's gold. Yes, so now I'm like, ah, I don't need to scale that fast. Right. I can actually take baby steps, even though my baby steps may look like a King Kong step for some other people, because yeah. they do. Like some people are like, right. are you crazy? That, what you're right. doing is crazy. Also, what I don't see like that, yeah. but it's because the amount of risk that I'm taking today financially to accomplish the same thing that I did in 2017 is a lot less. Right. I'm investing in people as opposed to loans and right. and and buying the world and, and and brag about being the biggest buyer in Houston because right. yeah. we we did that for a while. I'm the biggest buyer in town. Like whatever. You know, like <laughs> it makes that serves no purpose anymore. Yeah. No, and, and you know, I told you earlier, you know, I'm not the guy that's gonna come in and try like I'm all for helping people too, right? Like you said, how this whole podcast started, you know, people were knocking on your door. I'm more than happy anybody that wants to reach out, you know, I'm I'm probably not the guy that's gonna be able to help you, you know, build a whole pristine system. Yeah, right? but you can but help. I can help you close, negotiate. Yeah. Right, exactly. Lock up a deal, and, right? and that's you know, I went with people on their appointments, on my appointments, and said, "Hey, bro, here's the keys. You run it. I'm just your your contractor. I'm just your assistant. Whatever. I'm a, I'm your photographer. Look, you I know? give you a fair. Have you have you seen the the closer Olympics? Nuh-uh. The Closer Olympics, uh, is a bunch of my friends. This is what I'm telling you. I'm, I've been in my own little bro, bubble. A bunch of my <laughs> friends are competing against each other on who locks up more deals. Mm. Right? Now, egos. I mean, <laughs> talking about it's, egos. It's, it's, yeah, you, you want to you wanna be the biggest. You want to be the baddest and all yeah, this there's stuff. There's all kinds of it's, egos it's in crazy. there, right? No, it's crazy. Uh, now, all those guys are legit. Right, like right. Every single talent, one talent, of them, yeah. right? Mm. Uh, and if you look at the last lineup, and I'll I'll show you later, um, like Nick Perry was on there, and you know how how much of an operation he has, right? Right. Well, he passed probably the up to the second round, and then that was it. Like, yeah. And and maybe and and I didn't watch the whole thing, yeah. but I, I was kind of like following the the. So, you know how people watch football and they're fanatics about it. Yeah. I watched the replay. Hmm. I was like, okay, oh, who won? The, who the, the 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 Rams? 
oh, let me go watch the replay. Mm. And then it, I watch the replay in three minutes, right? <laughs> when people are spending $200 barbecuing, yeah, yeah, the whole party, yeah, 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 I'll yeah. go watch the replay, right? <laughs> so I'm following, like, what's going on with this uh, closer Olympics. And sure enough, R.J. Bates wins. He's out of Dallas. Is my uh, Shout out to R.J. But arguably, probably out of all those guys that were competing, Nick was the biggest one. Right. Arguably, because I know right. there are some right, 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 other right, guys right. in there. I don't know their numbers. I don't know the yeah. facts. I only know what Nick has shown me, right? Um, in my opinion, he probably has the most, the biggest operation. He he puts, he puts a lot of money on PPC. System. He's got systems. He's got a killer system for hiring and firing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's spoken in my mastermind twice already. Uh, and that actually on the last one, I asked him to speak about uh, how he achieved his lifestyle now, where he's actually not in the business anymore. Yeah, yeah. But him going back into, and the point was, him going back into the closer Olympics and getting disqualified from reaching the finals or the semifinals, I forgot where he got right, caught. Right, right, Just because you're not the best closer doesn't mean you're not going to be the best business guy yep. running. You don't business. need, and that's what we were saying earlier, like being a closer is, is cool. It's Part great. It. It's you know, it might even be your first step, but that's not where it. it ends. That's just part of it. It's just part of the whole pie. Hey, he told me when, when he was going to the closers Olympics, he was like, man, I got to go to the closest Olympics, man. I'm rusty. I haven't <laughs> talked to a seller in years. It's different when you're in the, the trenches, right? <laughs> even if I, me, I haven't talked to a seller in a long time. Yeah. And actually, I, I take that back. I, I did take two. I did. I locked up seven deals last month. Uh Five came from one guy. So once I got that one guy, those five came from the one guy. Uh, and the other two were – but I didn't try. Like, I wasn't – I wasn't – or maybe I don't see myself that way, but I wasn't trying to, like – I wasn't fighting objections. and Right, and, right, you know, right, like, right, right, right. I was just gaining on terms with the person, like, okay, dude, how yeah. is it that I can help you so yeah. we can help each other out and this and that. And – um. No, but you're right. Like, closing is only one slice of the whole pie. But if I go back in there, and I go on the Closers Olympics whenever they do it again next year or something, I'll probably get my ass whooped in the first round, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, by <laughs> knockout. Like, people will be laughing at it. Like, like that guy? Really, that guy? Like, he does how many deals? And look at him. Like, and it'll be the newest guy, you know? That wins. That yeah, will freaking yeah. put me yeah. out. Like, yep, yep. So the small guy, the small guy. <laughs> but man, watch it. It's, it's freaking cool. And, and sometimes, uh, uh, Gene, you know Gene Blinkoff. Uh-uh. Uh So he does uh, I Speed to Lead. He does PPC services and things like that. Okay. And they do like a, like a closers thing now on Facebook. Got you, got you. And he brings all these guys. He creates the leads with PPC, but he gives them to them. And they tack, they tackle the leads on online, like live, like live. Yeah, okay. and the last one was Aaron Bevins out of San Antonio. Yeah, I've I've, I've seen that going man. after R.J. Bates, and I'm I'm on the comments just giving him <laughs> hell. Like, what kind of shenanigans are you guys doing here? Like, you guys suck. I was just giving him hell. They were both great, um, but at the end of the day. It takes more than just that. For sure. That's talent. For sure. Like I said, step number one, you know, you're about to enter the industry or whatever. Hey, you, you got to learn how to crawl before you walk, right? right? That's that's where that closer is. But you want to get to, like you said, you know, the Nick Perrys of the world and stuff like that. I mean, it takes more than just closing. Yeah. It takes a whole lot more than that. Ability to, 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 to put money into marketing, like, 
Dude, at some point, Nick was putting a hundred grand a month, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month in marketing. And it that's ta- not it, an easy pillow to swallow. It, it takes some, you know, some gumption. Some I'll say, big balls. That's <laughs> yeah. all it is, right? <laughs> to 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 throw that kind of dough at at an operation, you got to believe in it. You know, you one of the reasons why I never went that route, because uh, when I saw what he was doing, I I, I was like, man, I got to risk one hundred and fifty grand to make three hundred, four hundred. No freaking way. That that the risk the, is the ratio, too high. the ratio. Yeah, yeah, the high. ratio. So what if I have two bad months like I've had before? And now I got a hundred, 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 hundred. I'm out. And right. PPC money disappears, right? Yeah. So, but I think the moral of the story, Ricardo, is like, you know, there's people out there that are tens at all different things, you know. And getting back to the average of the five people, yeah, gravitate towards those people. Hey, you want to become a great closer? Get with you know the RJ of Bates closer, of the world. Yeah. Hell, if you're in Houston, get get with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I learn from good closers as well. You know, yeah. you want to get what you want to build your system out. Get with those guys. You know, yeah. we, we were talking earlier about David Olds. You know, shout yeah. out David. You know, yeah. I mean, all that stuff. So I mean, it's it's understanding that it's a universal principle. It's a law. It's not a coincidence it's not uh, a thought it's not an idea it's straight up if you pass this red light and there's a cop right there you're breaking the law it is a law (laughs) that you that just follow it you know and you will get where you need to go bro thank you so much for coming in man i appreciate you i'm pretty sure sure. we're gonna do this again um guys don't forget to share uh so to hit share like and subscribe our channel we are on a quest to get to the next level in YouTube, Instagram, and all the other platforms. So please share with everybody this content. Make sure you subscribe. We have changed the dates for the Real Estate Entrepreneurs event. Um, it will be in June 24th and 25th, 2022 in Austin, Texas. I would love to see you there. I'll see you on the next one. Appreciate you, brother. Sounds good. Thank Appreciate you, you Ricardo.